Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All, a weekly podcast where one married couple rewatches and reviews the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I am your host, Anna, and I am here with my co-host, who is wonderful. Nancy, and thank you. You're welcome. Today, in the world of everything sucks 2020, <laughs> uh, this week was real shit. Yeah, but I released a book. Yes, that wasn't shit. That was great. <laughs> if only it hadn't coincided with... The country being on fire? The country literally being on fire. I bet I would have sold more books. <laughs> you probably would have. We were actually discussing that this morning. Yeah. It is not a great time in America right now for a lot of reasons. We're not going to delve into it too deeply because mm-hmm. this isn't a political podcast, but Black Lives Matter, folks. It's uh, true. It's been a real fucking sad week to watch uh, everything that's going on, and hopefully it gets better. Actual better, not fake better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to talk about a more uplifting world, or maybe it's not. This is a pretty dark part of the arc. I feel like this episode is funny, though. This one is. We get to meet... The short guy. The sh- <laughs> We get to meet a very fun new character. In fact, if we delve on what has been going on this week, we are just going to have a real bad time. Mm-hmm. So we are going to just move right the fuck on, mm-hmm. and we are going to go watch the episode, and then we'll be back to talk to you about it. See you soon. You didn't tell them what it's called. I know. I didn't. It's, <laughs> that's the kind of week it's been, you guys. It's oh, no. <laughs> season 2, episode 14. Bizarre! Gran Torino appears. See you soon. All right, and we're back. We watched the episode, and this is a fun one. Thank God it's a fun one. Yes, a very fun one. There was... An error on our part last week. Evidently, we missed part of the end of the episode. There was a post-credit scene. Yeah, which we did not expect. Yeah, and in the scene, we see Deku get on a train, Deku on a train, and go to see his new teacher, Gran Torino, for his internship. And he arrives and opens the door, and he finds Gran Torino in a pile of blood. With his intestines sticking out. With his intestines sticking out. Or is he? Or is he? Yeah, we. he says, don't worry, I'm okay. <laughs> he says, I'm alive! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, he's a silly old man. Yes. Covered in ketchup. Yep, that, and, that establishes it pretty well. <laughs> uh, it sets the tone for the episode real well. In fact, the actual episode, mm-hmm. not what we missed last week, yep. uh, kicks off with our new opening theme. Yes. Uh, which is Singing in the Sky uh, by Amazashari. Amazarashi. We're we're sorry that we butchered that. I'm sorry I butchered that. Nancy was fine. You don't know that. (laughs) It sounded better than what I said. Okay, love. We we beg your apology, artist, Mm -hmm. who sings this song. It's not my favorite opening, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of very serious looks in this opening. Yeah. Like looking at each other very intensely. Tanya looking at you. Yeah. Anime openings are really fun because sometimes, depending on what is in them, they kind of telegraph what might be happening later in the season. Mm-hmm. But you we, don't always pick up on it until you like, oh, that's what the opening was refer- referencing. This opening has a lot of Tanya looking mm-hmm. in looking dark. Yep. In dark colors mm-hmm. and looking sinister. Oh yeah. Oh noes. Oh noes. Back with Deku though, we find out that we're not really sure if Gran Torino is an invalid. Yeah, because Gran Torino at first doesn't recognize Deku. He's like, who are you? And then Deku's like, oh God, you know, this is all my teacher and he's such a horrible state. I need to call him and warn him. And Gran Torino mistakes him for all might. He calls him Toshinori. (laughs) But it also seems like he's kind of fucking with him 
at the same time. Like he's playing on his expectations that he's, you know, this crazy old man uh, who's losing his mind. Yeah, when Decker goes to excuse himself to make a phone call, very Yoda-esque, mm-hmm. Gran Torino gets yep. into his shit and starts pulling things out. And he's like, why don't you come at me with that one one for all that you got? Mm-hmm. And Decker's like, you are an old man. Yep. I will break you. And I, all night's out of time. I can't afford to waste time here with you. More foreshadowing of potentially All Might kicking it at some point. Yeah, it's it's fucking all over the place mm-hmm. all the time. But when Deku goes to leave, Gran Torino attacks mm-hmm. at high speeds. Yes, he is really fast. He can just bounce all over the room like a ball. Yeah, it's like he's got rocket boots mm-hmm. or something similar. He can move really fast. And he damages some of his house. Yes, including the wall. He also calls Deku a zygote. Which is something All Might has said. Which is something that All Might has called him. So Deku can kind of see the influence in him. So they have this little conversation where he's like, look, I get it. You think you're too good for this, but we got to get you into shape because you're not doing so hot. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get to see Deku's new costume updates. Yeah, he ends up opening that little suitcase uh, and pulling out the new version of his costume. And it feels less like a kid playing dress up than his first one did. Yeah, it's it's got like reinforced parts of parts of the costume, probably in response to how destructive he was mm-hmm. during the games. Yeah, and you get this little comments from the person that sort of upgraded his costume and Deku re- reflects. And yeah, he wonders if they're all like Hatsume, all the people that work on support items, which is kind of funny. Yeah, because the note is like, we've made changes to your costume. They're great. They're great. <laughs> Instead of asking him, they mm-hmm. just were like, we did this. We did this. So he gets all dressed up. Mm-hmm. He's going to go go do the fighting. Yep. And we find out that Deku is very bad at this. Yes. Gran Torino too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also find out that he is the ninth holder of One for All. Yeah, I don't think that's ever been stated before, like the like the exact number of people that have had the power. I think that was the first time it's been referenced. And basically, Deku gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, like, Gran Torino does, he gives them a, you know, a mental high five or whatever, because he recognized that Deku was able to analyze the situation and react to it. But he ultimately is too stiff. So Gran Torino is able to take him out pretty quickly. Yeah, the microwave gets destroyed. Yes, they <laughs> destroy the microwave. Which is sad. Mm-hmm. We don't use ours a ton, but when you need a microwave. You need a fucking microwave. You need a fucking microwave. And now they can't cook those delightful fish treats. Yes, that he likes so much. There's a bit of an exchange between the two of them at the end of this, where Gran Torino, he mentioned something like, you know, your hero worship of All Might is holding you back. And you need to realize that one for all isn't as special as you think. And I remember the first time I heard that being a little taken aback, like, what do you mean it's not special? Hmm. Hmm. And he basically leaves Deku to think about that. Yes. He's like, I'm going to go do some shit. You think about what I just told you. You need to think for for a little bit Mm -hmm. about your powers and about how they work. And this comes up a bunch of times in the series, actually, about how Deku needs to not be an exact copy of All Might. Which is incredibly difficult for him, as we've discussed multiple times. Like, he worships All Might. Like, he wants to be like him. So it makes sense that he would imitate him, especially because he has the same powers that he does. But, you know, one of Deku's strengths is his ability to think his way through things. Mm -hmm. And um, he's going to have to use that strength if he's to become, you know, the hero that he needs to be. Yep. And we get to see some other people 
out on their internships. A lot of people. In fact, I had a hard time keeping but, up with everything. Let's hope <laughs> by the we between the two of us, we got all of them. Yeah. First up, we get Tenya on patrol. On patrol in Hosu City, um, with a hero that feels very flattered that Tenya chose to be with him. Yeah. Considering and, he's in Ingenium's son, you know, his Gen- sorry, his Ingenium's brother, not son. Not son. <laughs> Ingenium's a very well respected hero. Mm-hmm. Um. So this guy is like, oh, like I'm so. I'm so touched that you chose mm-hmm. me. Like, you must have gotten better offers. But in Tenya's inner monologue, he's like, you can't catch the hero killer through normal mm-hmm. means. I need to take this chance, even though it might be in vain, to maybe find him here before he moves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on a revenge quest. Oh, yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. And it, it's interesting, like, when you read revenge narratives, they tend to fall into two categories. Like, you have, like, the Kill Bill revenge quest, which is all about working your way up to the person that you want to take out and then killing them. And then you have... This type of revenge quest, which is, you could clearly tell, like, this is a path that Tenya is not meant to go down. Like, this is not good for him character-wise. The fact that he now has an opportunity to potentially get revenge or get killed by Hero Kill or Stain is not a good thing. Well, not to mention, Tenya as a character is extremely by the book. Yeah. And so, like, this is really off the mm-hmm. beaten path for him. And... We'll have to see how that turns out. Yep, because we only see him for, I don't know, like a minute or two in this episode. Yep, and then we immediately pan to the hero killer himself Mm -hmm. getting sold on the League of Villains, or at least they're trying to. And they're doing a real shit job of it. You know, they talk to Shigaraki, and hero killer Stain sees right away actually what uh, the teachers called him out on earlier in the season, the fact that he's not you know, very mature. He's not really with it. No, not at all. And like Hero Killer Stain, he mentions that you need to have conviction or something like that, which he doesn't, which Shigaraki does not have. To the point where he's like, I might kill you. Mm Mm-hmm. And they consult the mysterious voice. Yes, coming from the TV screen. Basically saying, is it okay for this to happen? Like, should we do something? And the voice says that Shigaraki needs to learn. Like, this is the basis of education. Sometimes you need to make mistakes and face the consequences. So maybe they're going to throw down. Yeah, almost like an episode that's all about all these other students starting to learn and be educated. It's also about the education of Shigaraki. Shigaraki is an interesting character, and we really start to see it in this arc. He is not a one-off villain. No. And he gets development time. Mm-hmm. That largely starts in this arc and continues throughout the series. Back to Deku. Yes. We get him thinking about One for All, trying to puzzle through things while he stares at a broken microwave. A broken microwave. <laughs> um, and he realizes that he's been thinking of One for All as a special move. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the smash is One for All and that's not the case. And he realizes that he can practically apply it where he needs it from time to time. He just needs to be able to activate it faster. Now, this is a reflection on the stiff comments that we saw Gran Torino make. He realizes that he needs to be more flexible, and we get a great scene of him taking lots of notes. As someone that makes a lot of notes to sort of make sense of, like, the chaos going on in my head, I could relate to him very much in this scene. Yep, and while he's thinking about that, we get a good look at what Bakugo is up to. Yes. Uh, As he... (laughs) Interns with Best Genist, who is like one of my favorite heroes mm-hmm. in this entire show, who is this really fashionable mm-hmm. uh, hero, the number four. Number four. And he wears a full outfit of denim. He points out right away to Bakugo, he's like, I realize the only reason that you picked me is because I'm one of the top ranked heroes and that matters a lot to you. But there's a lot that you need to learn from me. Yeah, because 
he points out to Bakugo that his power is great. Mm-hmm. His application of power is great. Yep. His tactical understanding is great. Yeah, like he could already be a sidekick and he's still a child. Yep. But his presentation and his ego are huge problems mm-hmm. that will hold him back because heroes are public servants. Now, he even almost compares him to being villainous. Like he mentions, you know, heroes and villains are the same side of the coin and something like that. And I think it's interesting. This is like the first time we see any adult point out that sort of Bakugo's problems could be leading him down a villainous path, which I think is, isn't very, well, I want to say it's insightful, but both of us picked up on it. So (laughs) Normal human behavior is not Bakugo behavior Mm -hmm. um, by any means, Uh, but he's really insulted by this. Yep. He's really pissed off. Uh, In fact, he gets almost violent, Mm -hmm. um, but Best Genus ties him up. Yep, he can kind of control the fibers in his jeans, which is why he wears so many. And he uses it to tie him up. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. such an interesting power. But he's like, yeah, we're going to get you in shape this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have any time to waste because a week is a very short amount of time. We do get to see Kirishima and Tetsu Tetsu <laughs> are at the same place. Yep. Uh, what is it? Fourth kind? Or uh, something he, like that. He's almo- he almost looks like a mobster with a metal jaw mm-hmm. and forearms. And he makes a comment about how you need to learn that being a hero is about more than just strength. And toughness. Yeah. And every, they find him to be very, what's the word they use, chivalrous or yeah. something like that? He doesn't like to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Uh, he wouldn't like me. <laughs> uh, he actually tells them off when they interrupt him. And they're very apologetic. It's just, they play this, we have the same powers. We're very similar for comedy over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yep. So this is one of many occurrences where this will happen. Ochako is out with Gunhead. Yep, and they're on patrol as well. They're on patrol. This is actually a very short scene, Mm -hmm. but it's a very telling scene because Gunhead is explaining how heroes get paid, Mm -hmm. which we really haven't had a discussion about where they say basically we do a bunch of services for the city, for the country, showing up, doing rescue operations or salvage or fighting villains or whatever and then we basically file invoices that is investigated for accuracy by a special commission and then we're paid based off of the services that we perform and we get a percentage of whatever that money is and then some of it goes to whatever agency Mm -hmm. we work for so if ever wanted to know the bureaucracy behind superheroes in this world this is where you learn it (laughs) i like that there's an independent commission that exists to make sure you're actually doing the things that you're invoicing for yeah that's probably smart knowing how well the government audits shit like that in Mm -hmm. general it is probably handled real bad Mm -hmm. if healthcare claims are any Mm -hmm. (laughs) indicator but that's neither here nor there yeah we actually the meetings we have with all of these um all the deku's classmates they're actually kind of linked together as and each one explains a little more about what it's like to be a pro hero and we end up going to momo and kendo next as it's explained that sometimes heroes have side jobs yeah, or day jobs or day jobs or something like that and the person that they're mentoring with is like an idol or a model or yeah. something seems like, like a that. professional model yeah and she basically says that she picked up the two of them because they were cute and i'm like oh that's terrible that is absolutely <laughs> absolutely awful. awful and such a waste of their powers and you can tell that momo at least and i think kendo too is like really disappointed mm-hmm. that their endorsement internship request was specifically tied to their looks and not yeah. their capabilities. 
Which feels shitty. Yeah. If you, especially as women in a world where women are often undervalued, mm-hmm. that sucks. Especially coming from another woman, woman too. Like you kind of expect it to come from dudes sometimes, but yeah, not, and it's a, a, a giant waste of their time. Let's be honest. Yep, not so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do get a little bit of a montage of a couple other people in quick succession. We and see we, Death Arms. Death Arms. With Jiro, and Jiro was not appreciating all this cardio. <laughs> nope, she's like, this is harder than a day at school. Mm-hmm. We see Sue out on a boat. And we see Mount Lady with Mineta. Who totally took that internship because she's hot. Yep, and, and he, she's forcing him to clean his apartment. <laughs> and he's getting exactly what he deserves because yep. he's a terrible perv monster. Yep. <laughs> But he is not thrilled with this assignment. No, not at all. And then we get Todoroki, who did take up Endeavor's offer, but he's doing so stating that, you know, he's not doing it to be like him. He's going to forge his own path. Yeah, he's basically like, I only accepted this request because your agency is the most capable agency that gave me an offer. Mm -hmm. And so I came here. There's no reason to hamstring myself, but I didn't do it for you. Yeah. Endeavor doesn't care. (laughs) Endeavor's like, we're going to go. Do some hero. I'm going to show off, is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go burn some people down. (sighs) Endeavor's a dick. Still a dick, in case you forgot from, you know, a couple episodes ago. Back with Deku. At nighttime. At nighttime. He's decided he's going to put this newfound revelation into action. He's going to try to leap through an alley up buildings by moving one for all from his legs to his hands to his legs, to his hands. And I know it's they're not wall kicks, but whenever I see this scene, all I can think about are the wall kicks from Mario 64. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But yes, he's basically figuring out how to channel the power to the appropriate limb to get him up the with At the rapid speed. At rapid speeds. He's not doing a very good job. No, actually, he scares the shit out of a couple people walking by. Yep. He's falling down into trash bags. Mm-hmm. He evidently does this all night because in the morning, he looks like shit. Yep. Gran Torino gets up and he's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I was up all night doing the jumping and it didn't go that great. And there is a wonderful exchange moment where, what was it that he said that freaked Gran Torino out? He said something that he thought was really surprising. Oh, that he hadn't told him about the seventh. Because that's something we didn't really touch on. Mm-hmm. Gran Torino is the friend of the seventh holder. Yeah, of and one for all. He even mentions here that the reason why he was so tough on All Might when he was his teacher, which is the reason why All Might's kind of scared of him, is because he was f- good friends with the seventh holder. So he sort of wanted to honor that person, and he mentions that that person has passed away. Yep. And Deku didn't um, which know. Which Deku had no idea. Which you think is kind of important. Yeah, you get the impression that Gran Torino at least thinks it's important. And we get a little discussion about All Might as a student. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, what was he like? Deku's like, what was he like? And Gran Torino's like, oh, it was all practical teaching for mm-hmm. him. He already knew how to use the power yeah. the right way. <laughs> uh, and it's just a flashback of him as a younger man beating the shit out of a young, young All Might. And it also draws attention to something actually that Deku reflected on earlier when he was training himself. The fact that he doesn't have like the decades worth of experience that someone at his age would normally have to learn how to use the power. Um, Like he's not like some of his fellow students that can use them naturally. It's a conscious effort for him. And that's what's causing the problem here. Yeah, he has to think about it and then like make adjustments within Mm -hmm. himself. To activate it. It's not muscle memory for him. And that makes it really tough. 
And then the new microwave arrives. And then the new microwave arrives. And oh my god, Gran Torino was so excited. He's going to get to eat these wonderful little pastries, uh, tayakis, I yep, think they're tayakis. called. And he sits down on the table and he, he slams his head on the table and he like dances around. And he is so fucking happy about these damn fish pastries. Yep. Uh, Deku cooks them. And when they come out of the microwave, they're still cold in the middle. Yep. Because apparently Deku used too large of a plate. So they weren't able to turn around properly and they weren't able to heat up. Yep, and Gran Torino is so upset. He's like, haven't you ever used a microwave, you <laughs> idiot? Like, you probably put it in a plate and it didn't get equal coverage mm-hmm. and everything else. And Deku's really apologetic. Mm-hmm. And then he has this epiphany. Yep. Where he realizes that he was halfway there with what he was thinking before. But because activating it on demand is too hard to do quickly in a crisis situation, he just needs to have it on all the time. Yes. Through himself. At a much lower percentage than what he would normally use, so he doesn't hurt himself. Yeah, he at five percent. At five percent, and Gran Torino points out that at least mentally, he's like, "What a flexible thinker!" Mm-hmm. He managed to figure this out on his own and pretty quickly. He even kind of comments at some point in this episode. I don't think it's exactly in this scene that All Might found a good one. Like yeah. he's capable of thinking on his feet. And figuring out difficult things without having to be told. Like, he just needs to apply himself. Yep. And we get Deku tried to summon... Charging himself up. Charging himself up. All these veins all around him glowing. And he manages to fill himself with 5% of the total power. And Gran Torino's like, you think you can move like that? You think you can fight? And He's, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, you want to find out? Uh, and our episode ends with a very smiley Deku... Being like hell yeah, ready to throw down. Like we're gonna we're gonna throw down. This is this is the beginning of Deku getting a much better handle on his powers. Yes, I mean this is this show is uh, this type of anime is what have I seen it referenced as progression fiction or maybe that's just a wood RPG term. The point is you see a character grow and get a larger control over their abilities over a long period of time. And this is a very important step towards Deku taking full control of One for All. It also goes to highlight how bad of a teacher All Might is. Yeah, uh, Gran Torino even mentions that earlier in the episode that All Might is just not that good of a teacher. Great job, All Might. (laughs) It seems like it's a situation in which for him, everything kind of came naturally to him. And so explaining how it works to somebody who's struggling... Mm -hmm is difficult because he's never had Deku's issue. He already used it the right way when he started using it, so he never had to think about it. Gran Torino even points out that he taught him differently because of that. Yeah. Which is a really interesting point. But that's the episode. Did you like it? Yeah. I, I mean, this is, like I mentioned, there was a lot to write down in all the different little mini internships. And I'm kind of sad that we don't really get to see much more of their internships like i feel like i would happily watch you know several episodes of well maybe not mineta but any of the other characters on their journeys and the struggles that they have along the way so it is kind of sad that that's pretty much all we see of like ochako for example there's so much to accomplish in this like five six episode arc that it just all gets pushed by the wayside Mm -hmm. but we will get to see the fruits of some of these internships in the final arc of the season, which I had forgotten about. Yep. <laughs> um, where you'll get to see what they learned, yep. at least, which is is really good and valuable. I also like this episode. I like Gran Torino as a character. He's so funny. He's so funny. He's just, he's kind of this kooky old man. Um, my great-grandfather 
who died a long time ago, was a, an old elderly man with a, uh, a good sense of humor. Uh, and he reminds me of him a lot, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, though my great-grandfather could not fly around on rocket boots. You know, that, that, um, that's a little unique. It is a little unique, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I do like the contrast of, like, he seems old and kind of kooky and infirm, but he's actually a badass. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's in really good shape for yep. uh, a little old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, who gets your plus ultra character of the week? Are we giving it to, to Deku? Yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Deku in this case, just because, like, this wasn't really a, f- a mighty fighting episode, but we did get to see him think his way around a problem that has plagued him since the beginning, if you think about it, and learn how to use his powers in a more effective way. Potentially. I mean, we haven't seen him fight yet. We've been really bad about giving doubles mm-hmm. this season, so I'm going to give it to Gran Torino for being able to coax a realization into Deku within 24 hours of mm-hmm. meeting him, even though he spent, what, a quarter of the school year struggling with this? Yep. Yeah, I feel like he yeah, he definitely deserves it as well. But yeah, that was all that stuff. The episode felt really short this week. It did feel a little short, but um, I feel like it was just a lot of explaining stuff. A lot of explaining stuff. That's okay. This arc is actually really action-packed. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot going on real soon, and we'll look forward to jumping into that. If you want to talk to us about all the things that are going on, not in the world, please, uh, but in the show. You happy can, stuff. Happy stuff. You please. can do that at One For All Cast. You can also find us directly there at Incidentally Anna. And I'm at Watch Nancy Tweet. Additionally, if you love the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or anywhere your podcast catching lives. Uh, re- Probably Spotify if our numbers are any indication. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that they do reviews over on Spotify still, but maybe that's changed. Either way, if there is a place where you can leave us a review, please do so. It's good for the robots. Mm-hmm. The robots love your ratings and reviews, and then thus so do we. Because it drives more traffic to the show, uh, and it helps us grow the audience. Uh, don't forget, my wife just released a book. Gasp. Gasp. So now not only can you read Red and Black and Black and Blue on Amazon via ebook KU or paper book, mm-hmm. you can also read Silver and Gold, which is available now in all those places. It's a great book. It's my favorite one in the series thus far. Mm-hmm. So you better you better go check it out. As always, thank all of you for listening. Uh, you're the reason we're here. We wouldn't do this if you didn't listen. Because it's a lot more work than you might think. and Happy work. Ha- happy work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We love it. We yep. love dropping so much audio on the, on the cutting room floor. All those ums. All those ums. It's just a pile of ums and ahs every <laughs> fucking week. You'd think that one of us or both of us would learn by now, but we don't. Nope. And obviously, thank you to Richard DaCosta for our opening and ending credits. And thank you very much to my wife for joining me on this very... A special wonderful episode of this podcast, as always. Next week, we will be back, no surprise there, for Season 2, Episode 15, Midoriya and Shigaraki. We'll see you then. See you then.